today on Learn Me Something. Salad theory. Versus. War elephants. Josiah, guess what? What? I just googled funny things to say out loud. <laughs> Alright, hit and me. prepare to laugh. What do you got? The number one thing that pulled up is... Uh, these are not very fun. Okay, I'd like to help you out today. Which way did you come in? Funny? Oh, that took me a second. Uh, I give that a 3 out of 10. <laughs> okay, here's another one. <laughs> Excuse my naivety. I was born at a very early age. Um, 2 out of 10. Well, wait, that was worse than the first one? Well, okay. minus 1 for the pronunciation <laughs> of that word. <laughs> Wait, how do you say it? I'm scared to say it now. I would guess naivety. Naivete. Naive, naivety? Naivety? <laughs> That's a funny thing to say. That, that word. Okay. That, the word, 5 out of 10. <laughs> okay, last one. Wait, no, two more. One just says, call Pizza Hut and ask for the phone number to Domino's. Mm. That's hilarious. 3.5 out of 10. Okay, and then uh, if at first you don't succeed, destroy all evidence that you even tried. Mm, four out of ten. Okay, so okay. the funniest <laughs> thing I said was trying to say the word naivety. <laughs> naivete. That's that's what I'm going to say because it sounds like a mature way to say a word like vase. Mm, uh, please maturity. excuse my naivete. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Learn Me Something. The podcast. Uh, this is the first truly competitive podcast where we each bring a topic to the table and present it to the other person. And then you, the listener, will vote on who presented the better topic. And the loser does a punishment, which, for the first time in Learn Me Something history, there wasn't a punishment last episode. And all 14 episodes, yes. This is our first truce, because it was a Christmas-themed episode, so we did a Christmas truce. Mm. What, did you, what did you do with your free time, not being punished? Um, I did not eat hot wings or moonwalk for five hours. <laughs> or I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I enjoyed not having to do something horrible. What about you? Uh, I saw the world. Sea oh. world. <laughs> oh, see, okay. No. I, uh, oh, dolphins, ocean, <laughs> China. China. Uh, little office reference. Our weekly office reference. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, normally at the start of the episode, we talk about how the punishment went. So should we just yeah. fill this with silence for None a couple of minutes or just move on to the next Moment thing? Moment of silence. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, yeah, so we got a game. We usually play a game to decide who goes first, and uh, if you haven't heard of this game, you should definitely play this after you finish listening to this episode, because it's very fun. It's called... Blast. I, I don't know if it has an official name, but I like to call it Wikipedia Race. Oh, that's good. We just always called it the Wikipedia game. Okay, that, that works too. So the rules are, you both start on Wikipedia, mm -hmm. and the goal is to get to a random article but only by clicking on links. Yes. So do you play it where you start with by pressing the random article button? Yeah, so you hit random article, okay. Wikipedia will pull up usually some weirdly obscure topic, 
and then you have to use the links that are embedded in that topic to work your way back to the topic that we decide. Uh, so what uh, what page are we looking for? Uh, let's go... Uh, oh, I, some of them are hard because, like, I don't know. I want to find something that's hard to get to, not easy. Like, you could get to U.S. in three clicks anywhere, I bet. Yeah. Let's do... How about Gatorade? Gatorade. I don't okay. know why I, I thought of that. that, but it's just obscure enough to yeah, be yeah, somewhat yeah. difficult. I like that. Okay. I'm ready when you are. Okay. So I'm going to click random article, and then we're off in three, two, two one, one, go. What's your article? Uh, Gerard Dennis Cohen. He's a computer science profes- professor in Paris. Nice. My first article was Waverly Bridge, which is a road bridge in Edinburgh. Or Oh, man. Edinburgh. <laughs> this is going to be a rough episode if I'm already <laughs> pronouncing stuff wrong. Okay. Um, and I'm going to try. I think I know where Gatorade was invented, so maybe I'll use that as well. Okay. I've only made it. Mm, no, I'm going, I'm going a different route. Oh, yes. Here we go. <laughs> I have hit the United States. Things are moving quick. <laughs> now I'm down to food. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. Oh, maybe I'm closing oh, in. Oh, no. Maybe. Boom. Gatorade. No way. Yep. All right. Let me see real quick if I can get like half a step closer. Whew. Um. Shoot. Okay, well, I was in Oregon because that's where I thought that's where I thought it started. To Oregon. <laughs> yeah, tell us your route. Yeah. Okay. I. Well, I went to United States. Then I went to food, and then snacks, and then found an article called "List of Snacks," and then under <laughs> "List of Snacks" was drinks, and under "Drinks" was sports drinks. And in that uh, was Gatorade. Okay, so who writes a list, an, a Wikipedia article called List of Snacks? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, can you imagine how long that would take? It's not even, for the amount of snacks that exist in the world, it's not a very long list. Um, the first one, though, is Bitterballen in the Netherlands. That's kind of fun. <laughs> or Banda in South India. The main one listed for United States is just cereal. So I don't know if we can trust oh. these guys. No, that's accurate. Um, so it turns out Gatorade was invented in Florida, University of Florida. Oh. So maybe I was thinking of Nike or something. Anyway, so you won, and that means you get to decide who goes first. Uh, hmm. Did I? I can't remember. Who went first last time? I think it was me. Yes, I believe it was. Okay. Well, why don't you go first? Okay. All right. So, my topic's a little bit different this week. Love it. Hope I'm going to try and uh Yeah, we're going to we're going <laughs> to we're going to touch on a little bit of science and math, a little bit of classification Ooh. and a little bit of food. So, I I came across this controversial paper like a year a year or two ago um it was written in 2017 and it has an interesting title it's called salad theory <laughs> and the byline is 
a comprehensive, precise, and pedantic branch of set theory pertaining to food categorization. Okay. <laughs> so, today we're going to be talking about salad theory. I love it. And before I tell you what that is, uh, how would you define a salad? Um, not preferable, for one. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I would call it a assortment of healthy items <laughs> um, that complement each other in flavor and are usually accompanied by some sort of larger leafy green item. <laughs> I've tried to make that sound professional, but really I'm just referring to like lettuce and carrots put together. A, leaf, a leafy green item. Okay. <laughs> Maybe some so chicken. There's a, couple, there's a couple issues with your definition that we'll come back to later. Okay. But the, the whole idea of salad theory and the salad theory thesis is <laughs> that all edible foods are salads. Huh. So that's literally my whole topic today <laughs> is to explain salad theory Wait, and how um, all foods can be considered salads. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was going to ask, are you arguing for that all um, foods are salads or against or just yeah. giving us the info? I don't know if this is persuasive as much as it is informative. <laughs> okay. So I think I think I could get behind it. Uh-huh. Um, it does sound a little crazy at first, but uh, once we get into it, I think you might agree that it's reasonable. <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to start with... <laughs> Sorry, this is just a funny topic. <laughs> we're going to start with some... Uh, assumptions okay. that we have to both agree to. Okay. Three assumptions. Number one, any sane definition of a salad must at least include foods which a typical English-speaking person would colloquially refer to as a salad. So it's got to be sure <laughs> something that someone would call a salad. Okay. Okay. Number two, sure. a typical English-speaking person would consider the following foods salads. Caesar salad, fruit salad, chicken salad, pasta salad, tuna salad, taco salad, and an untossed Caesar salad. Would you Agreed. agree? 100%. Okay. Uh, assumption three, a good salad definition should be concise. So fewer terms and conditions on the definition of a salad is more elegant. And by Occam's razor, more likely to be correct. Do you know what Occam's razor is? Uh, refresh me. I've heard it before. Yeah. So basically the idea that if there's two, uh, how would you say it? The the simpler the explanation for something, the more mm -hmm. likely it is to be true. Okay. So the the fewer assumptions that you have to make about something. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. So the simpler, the more likely, basically. Got it. So those are the three assumptions. Agreed. Let's move on. We're going to look at some conservative <laughs> definitions of a salad mm. the traditional definition might be a salad must be a mixture of greens okay but that's not necessarily the case i think you can give me some some examples of salads that are not mixtures of greens potato potato salad exactly chicken chicken salad you got fruit salad tuna <laughs> pasta yummy, yummy. <laughs> lots of salad yes so that is out the window uh Another definition might be a salad must be a mixture of foods 
such that a typical person would not notice a difference if the relative position and orientation of its ingredients were randomized. <laughs> so it has to be well mixed enough that somebody's not going to notice if you switch things up. Got it. I'm locked but in. That, but that, that does, that's not a good definition because that excludes an untossed salad, which would, like if you just put lettuce, carrots, I mean, that's a salad. Some if you people, just put one on top of the other, that's still a salad. I would agree. Some people want to toss yeah. their own or just eat more precisely. Yep. yep. And that that definition also includes a bowl <laughs> of mixed nuts. Okay. Which at this point doesn't seem like much of a salad. Uh, would you agree? It's less salad-like. I, yeah. So that's a bad definition. Hmm. Um, there's also another definition... The set of things that are salads is the set of things listed in Assumption 2, which is only Caesar salads, fruit salads, what we talked about. But that's that's too long of a definition, violates Assumption 3. So it's too complicated. Mm. So we've got to dumb it down a little bit. <laughs> okay, we're going to keep keep chunking away at this at these salad definitions. And we're just we're just booting them left and right, okay? Some graduate student turned this into the professor, and the professor at first was like, this is preposterous, and then was like, the more he read it, by page 25, was like, yeah, I could buy it, I guess. Yeah, I have five pages of notes, so Ugh, buckle up. I'm buckled. Okay, um, so this definition says a salad may not contain bread, so there, that's a definition to try and ban sandwiches from the de- definition of salad. Mm. But... Which is just discrimination. Gets, exactly. And that gets <laughs> rid of Caesar salad or anything with croutons. Yep. Which is a bread. And croutons are s- a staple of, bre- of, <laughs> of salad. Of, of salads, of course. And if you even if you restrict the definition to soft, fresh bread, then that means... Um, avocado toast is a salad and avocado toast with an untoasted bread is not a salad. So that's Mm. a bad definition. And why stop there? Why only exclude bread? Why not include (laughs) or exclude nuts and candy and ice and lasagna? Uh, So moving on uh two more, uh, two more traditional, more conservative definitions of a salad. Uh, a salad must be mostly composed of solid content. Okay. There's, there's problems with this because one, where's the line for when you add too much dressing and it becomes not a salad? Yeah. There, so I, according to salad theory, there is no line, which brings soups into the equation oh, as no. salads, as extra dressingy salads. Hmm. All soups. Can you can you get on board with that? It's stretching, <laughs> but I th- think I can get there. It, it also includes cereals. Oh, that's hard. Okay, but a cereal really is a soup because it's just a simple, milky soup. Okay. A cold soup. There's cold soups it. out there. There's creamy soups out there. Why can't cereal be a soup? That's, okay, that's just an easy... That's a beginner food classification I'll accept that. that because a cereal is a soup... A cereal is also a salad. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Moving on. Uh, the, the last traditional def- definition is a salad must contain at least two ingredients. Mm-hmm. So in this case, this is a bad definition because Coke is not a salad, but Coke with ice is a salad. <laughs> or one apple is not a salad, but two apples is a salad. <laughs> totally flawed. I'm there. I'm so, right there. And there's also, I don't know if you've heard of a wedge salad, but it's basically just a head of lettuce that's quartered and then you put toppings on that oh, uh-uh. so that's if you took all the toppings off it's just a slice of lettuce which traditionally is an untoppinged salad would you uh-huh. agree yeah okay so so now now we're okay with the fact that a salad doesn't have to be more than one topping <laughs> okay got it yep moving on okay uh so according let's look at the dictionary um, one definition says that it needs to include, it's usually cold dishes okay. that includes raw greens, kind of like what you said, mm-hmm. or small pieces of food, uh, usually mixed. And there's more to that, but we don't have time. There's lots to cover. <laughs> Too much. Um, so that, so that includes mixed nuts, but excludes a Caesar salad you put in the microwave for 30 seconds. Hmm. So that's a bad definition. Because even if it's hot, it might be disgusting. Still a salad. Yeah, agreed. Definition two, a green vegetable or or herb grown for salad, especially lettuce. That's easy. That excludes a lot of things like we talked about in the beginning. Yep. Um, And then the third definition that uh, Webster's gives is a usually incongruous mixture or hodgepodge. But that's too broad because we're going to restrict salads to edible substances. (laughs) (laughs) so so i i'm not gonna go this far this is a little crazy but one could argue that america is a salad because there's a salad bowl theory i've heard this heard of that instead of the mixing pot yeah so one could argue that america is a salad and at that point where do you stop (laughs) nowhere (laughs) everything is salad so we're just gonna keep it to edible substances today (laughs) maybe in the future a separate topic can be a different <laughs> argument. <laughs> okay. Do you do you have any reservations or thoughts so far? Uh no. You've at this point you've in the kinda journey. walked me through it in a way that I have I think I've accepted worst case scenario. <laughs> which is that okay. I don't know anything about food anymore. Okay. It's just changing how you think about life. Yeah. And... Okay. Um so <laughs> My favorite part, I think, about this paper is that they have created equations mm-hmm. about how how much salad something is. Like, there's three 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 different equations to measure how salady something is. <laughs> I love it. I love this. So, <laughs> oh oh, and real quick, um, ingredients or uh. Foods that are only one ingredient, they call we're going to call hyper salads. Mm-hmm. Um, so a beverage is considered a high a hyper salad. Okay, just a one ingredient beverage, unless it has because, ice. Yes, then it's not a hyper salad okay. because it's got even though it's the same. Like, <laughs> it's both water, but it's two different ingredients. Yeah. Um. 
And you can't distinguish a beverage from a soup because even if it's one ingredient, tomato soup is a thing. That's still a soup, mm-hmm. but could be one ingredient. Totally. So that so that that puts beverages on the table as being salads. <laughs> including Gatorade. And at this point, in, including Gatorade, yeah. So at this point, I am just going to take a second for everybody who's screaming at me (laughs) (laughs) to just uh, let it all out. Just go ahead and scream. Go ahead. Okay. Now that you've got that out there (sighs) and uh, just open your mind up a little bit and we'll keep moving along and I'll try, I'll, I'll try to explain how you can measure how much of a salad something is. (laughs) This, I, this seriously, was very fun to research. (laughs) Okay, so the first the first equation is the soupiness coefficient. Of course. And that's that's how soupy something is. It's from zero to one. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything, there's no fine line. X is always between zero and one. Got it. S- something is a salad, but it has a measure of soupiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, number The second equation <laughs> is the <laughs> ingredient entropy, and that measures the number of ingredients mm, okay uh so <laughs> so you <laughs> you take the log of the number of ingredients <laughs> times the number of unique ingredients so for example it's ridiculous <laughs> a, a glass of coke with four ice cubes has an ingredient entropy of 4.64 of course and a glass of water has ingredient entropy of zero mm. So something with more ingredients is more salady. Okay, I can buy that. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the the final equation is the arrangement entropy, and that that measures how well mixed a food is. <laughs> Entr- entropy is the way I understand. It's basically the the how you can measure disorder. Got it. So I, so. I love it. It's the mean of the axis, the number of axes of ingredient repositioning plus the mean of the axes of ingredient rotation. So I just lost probably 99% of people there. But basically, the more, the more axes something has to rotate, the more salad it is. For example, a Caesar salad's arrangement entropy is... Six. Nice. Because it's got three three axes uh-huh. that you can reposition the ingredients, X, Y, and Z. Okay. <laughs> and you can rotate each ingredient on three axes. Uh-huh. So six is the most salad you can get. And a pizza's entropy <laughs> is approximately three. Because you, mm. can, you can rotate the ingredients around one axis, but you can't. Flip them. You can't like flip a pepperoni on its side. Mm, okay, I got you. Okay, so now we're gonna get into the fun part. I'm just I'm just gonna list off foods and why they're salads. <laughs> sandwiches, sandwiches are untossed salads. Um, pizza, traditional salad. A crust is like a crouton. Tomato sauce is like the tomatoes of a salad. Mm. Both have cheese. Lots of salads have cheese, and both have greens. Um. Even if you're concerned if a salad shouldn't be bound together by cheese, uh, Webster's defines a salad could as potentially being bound with gelatin. Mm. 
So if you combine something with gelatin, surely you combine something with cheese. Surely. <laughs> Would you agree? Um, at this point, I will agree with everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like exhausted. <laughs> Stop saying salad. Uh, okay, a taco is an untossed taco salad. Nice. A burrito is adding a tortilla to what's obviously already a salad. Of course. A chicken soup is a chicken salad with extra dressing, <laughs> a bowl of nuts. It's clearly a salad. There's often <laughs> almonds in salads, so why not take out everything else and keep it a salad? Why not? Coke with ice is a salad. <laughs> Multiple ed- edible ingredients. Coke is the dressing. A bowl of Skittles is a dry salad, and a glass of water is a low-entropy hyper salad. <laughs> glass of water with ice is a salad, but barely. Okay, so give me some foods. Give me some foods, and I'll tell you why it's a salad. Okay. Um, quesadilla. Quesadilla, basically a sandwich, which is an untossed salad, even though it's bound Like the pizza example, still a salad. Multiple ingredients. Okay. Next one. Uh, Yogurt on its own. Yogurt, plain yogurt, a low entropy hyper salad. (laughs) So very simple, barely a salad, (laughs) only because other salads of one ingredient can be considered a salad. Okay. uh, Next. Just like a big two pound ribeye steak. Steak, yeah. I mean, you, you meat can be put in salad. Same thing as the bowl of mixed nuts. Hmm. Take everything else out, still So it would just be a hyper salad? Yep. <laughs> if you don't put anything, any seasonings or anything on it. It's, you know, it's, it's less that everything... Well, you know what? Here, what do you think about mm-hmm. this? It's less that everything is a salad but that you can't classify anything as not being a salad. Mm. In my head, I'm trying to make... You know the saying, every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square? I'm trying to... I'm trying to make my mind use that in a way to make salads make sense for me. Every food is a salad. And every salad is a food. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's really funny. um, Just just so you know, I I came to this expecting to lose today. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. This is one that I had ready for a long time. I was like, once I'm okay with losing, I'll just whip (laughs) this one out. Well, what's funny is knowing like our audience and our voter base... They might just be entertained enough to vote for you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I would really like to hear what you think about this. Just honesty. I am... <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to make this not work. To make it so that <laughs> just salads are salads. But... You like you can't stop the the, the definition <laughs> has to be broad. It has to be so broad because you can't. If you say one thing, it excludes something else that's clearly a salad. And it, so either you have to 
have a, an entire list of what is and isn't a salad, which it could be like thousands and thousands and thousands of combinations. Yeah. Or then who gets to decide well, what goes on the list? Yeah. Who who is the keeper of the salad? <laughs> the keeper of the salad. Right? <laughs> I don't I don't think that unless that's like a voted in position, I don't think anyone should get that much no, power. That's too much power for one man or woman. Yeah. Um <laughs> I this, this is why there are lawyers in the world. Cause there are people that yes. just spin everything. They just toss it all up like a salad and mm-hmm. They just make everything mean anything that you want. And you can't disagree with it, but everything in you (laughs) wants to. You just hate (laughs) it so much. I don't want to accept that a (laughs) Coca-Cola could be a salad, but you can't not say it. (laughs) But, like, the, the, the thing is, like, you could easily define... A beverage as something you drink, mm. and that excludes a lot of foods. But I blended spaghetti sa- as a punishment so... earlier in this podcast, as a, for a different episode in this podcast. <gasps> I blended spaghetti oh. and drank a solid food, which was horrible. Well, that then no, that would be a beverage if you can drink it. This, so I don't want to go too <laughs> far into that because, like, we we could go really far, but. You see what I'm saying? Salad. There's just so many different types uh-huh. of salads that they just like another thing. A strawberry pretzel salad is a salad with a crust, which include should include pies, hmm. or it wouldn't exclude pl- pies, right? So there's just like it's just pure chaos. <laughs> May, okay, here's this. Here's the only argument that I can think of. What if instead of accepting that everything is a salad based off of the salads that already exist, we need to Mm -hmm. accept that some salads that do exist shouldn't be rightfully classified as salads? Okay, that's a good argument. That's a good argument. Specific salads with specific definitions, and anything that someone called a salad by definition. would have to be excluded and therefore renamed. <laughs> okay, so so as you've given yourself the title of keeper <laughs> of the salads, what would you what would you kick off that list? Ooh, this is so funny. Um well, see, now we're running into the fact that I don't eat enough salad in my normal diet to be able to come. So I I clearly don't qualify for keeper of the salads. Um, Let's see. I'm I'm trying to think of one. Can you think of a specific salad that goes against the stereotypical norm of like a Caesar salad? So like there's definitely greens, a variety of... I think, yeah, jello salad is pretty far out there. Or like... To me. I, I would say too, fruit salad. I don't know. That's pretty close because even if you're going with the types of ingredients, one has fruit, one has vegetables, and both have some kind of dressing. Hmm. So, I mean, that that seems pretty salad-like. Yeah, that's true. I guess then that goes back. Okay, so (laughs) if we're going to go my way, then instead of a keeper of the salads, we would have to have like a definer of the salads. So someone would have to choose what a salad is. 
Because if it were me, I would say it has to have some sort of leafy green. And I, I guess in my head, that's all. <laughs> that's the only requirement. There okay. has to be lettuce. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're thinking we get like a committee to solve this once and for all. Yeah, I think so. Have a concrete definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to say, I kind of got really into this clearly. So if you uh, have any objections or any food that you think could be considered not a salad, I would love to hear it because uh, this mm. is <laughs> very fun to talk about, it turns out. We should open up our first heated social media debate. Oh, yeah? Just post it on social media and have people Go crazy? fight about it in okay. comments. Yeah. Well, you only get a certain amount of uh, words, characters, on social media, so maybe we open up a, mm. a Google Drive, <laughs> a document, Google document. A Google Doc. <laughs> people are just deleting and adding left and right. <laughs> uh, this is a funny one. Yeah, like I said, I'm prepared to lose, <clears throat> but I hope you kept your mind open and are at least open to the possibility that all foods are salads. And if you want to see this whole uh, paper that these people wrote, it's just <laughs> amazing. I'll link to it below, and uh, you can read more about it. Man. Well, I... <laughs> this is funny. I will... I'll give to you the fact that you presented something that definitely made people stop and think and consider. <laughs> and that is something that my topic will not provide. So okay. I guess the funny thing about our podcast is we don't have any parameters for how people should choose to vote. Yeah, it's like, like I could just say something that annoyed someone and they could vote for you because of that. Or they could love your topic. <laughs> I was recently told that somebody sometimes votes for who they want to see do the punishment. So like if they want me to do the punishment, they'll vote for you. <laughs> That's man. <laughs> so just we created this keep, without a lot of forethought into the loopholes. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's hard oh, to define. Funny. Our podcast is much like a salad. It in is. A way that, like, this is the salad. Of how do you podcasts. how do you define what's the better topic? And I would argue that yeah, everything has learned me something. And <laughs> <laughs> everything is a podcast topic. All right, I think that's all I got. Um, I'm Man. I'm gonna not say salad for the rest of the day. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we've that might hold the record for most spoken word in a given episode. I felt like I was flying there. I yeah, that was really it was good. It was well presented. <laughs> I will say that I had to hold myself back from just riddling <laughs> your topic with wiggle quotes and references is this a wiggle quote moving your and when i up say and that down? i'm from remember the wiggles their fruit salad oh, oh 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 gotcha i did say it earlier though so i guess i didn't completely refrain but i held it to one one wiggles reference you get okay i'm gonna allow you one wiggles reference per episode <laughs> it's gonna be the same one every time because that's, that's the, the only, only wiggles reference you know <laughs> Fruit salad, okay. yummy, yummy. That's it. That's all I got. All right. What do you have? Uh, nothing about salads. Um, I will say Thank before goodness. going into this that this might possibly be the most random episode that we have or the most different 
I, I have a more normal topic compared to you, but both of ours are going to be so <laughs> random that it might it's just going to be scattered, and I'm into that. Okay. So, All right, cool. Those are my favorites. Have you come up with a topic yet where you're just not doing anything, not even thinking about the podcast, and it just pops into your head? Okay, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So this is what happened with me. Uh, I came up, I had some ideas for a different topic, but yesterday I was doing the dishes, and it just popped into my head like a little revelation of, I have to talk about this. And I don't know why. I've never thought about it before, and it, you might not even find it interesting. But, Josiah, today, <laughs> we got to get through this without laughing. Today, I'm going to talk to you about war elephants. <laughs> Hold on. Yes, I think I, I... If it is what I think it is, I think I've heard of it, and I'm very um, intrigued. No, it's... Uh, that's literally my topic. I'm just talking about war elephants. No specifics. Just yes. <laughs> I was just doing the different. Oh, I was this, doing the okay. dishes. Maybe I had Lord of the Rings on my mind or something. But I was just like, yeah, there were elephants in wars, and that is just so cool. And so I immediately <laughs> okay. put it on my little ideas list, and here we are, a day later. Oh, I'm I am ready. Okay, so it started about 4,000 years ago. So this is uh, in the B.C. era of the world. Okay, um, and what's interesting, something I hadn't thought about is not a lot of people knew that elephants existed, which I would have not thought about. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Like, we know that elephants exist because we've basically discovered the whole world, the whole above-water world by this point, and... Yeah. So, uh, and, and you see them in zoos and the internet. yeah online yeah. and everything. But back in the day, you really only knew what was in your area, which mm-hmm. makes the story of war elephants way, way, way cooler to me. I when I first looked this up, I was like, "Is this even good enough to be a topic? Like, is there even enough here?" And yeah, I started reading, enough, and yeah. I was like, "This is really cool." So we're four thousand years ago. We're in India, okay? They've got a lot of elephants there. There's, a, at the time, a couple different, like, three different types of elephants. Um, and these elephants in India were a little bit smaller. We're talking, like, 8 to 12 feet tall. Um, so still massive, okay. but not your big honking bad boys that you might be picturing. I'm, pic- I'm picturing a big honking <laughs> bad boy right now. Okay, so they're still very big, and they were being used for agriculture back then. So elephants were really good at clearing trees. So they could literally just grab a tree with their trunk and just rip it out of the ground. So they would use them back then to like clear land for farming and construction, all of that. Then at some point, slowly, people started realizing, these guys are just huge. We should use these in other ways. So they start, mm-hmm. they start using them in warfare, right? And the thing about elephants is they're way too expensive to own, like to buy an elephant. If you can imagine how much it would cost to like buy a horse, an elephant yeah. is like 40,000 times bigger than a horse. So, and then. Yeah. So that like translates to how much more expensive it is. Yeah. Just like 40,000 times more expensive. Just to own them. Yeah. So instead, what they would do, no one really owned elephants. Like you wouldn't buy them or breed them or anything, but they would trap them. So all of the elephants used in these stories I'm going to tell are like wild elephants, which also makes the stories oh. cooler. 
Yeah, so what they would do is they would dig a giant ditch around in a circle, and it would make this kind of waterless moat, and in the middle would be this giant kind of dirt island. And then they would build a bridge, and they would bring a female elephant onto this little dirt island. Females were a lot easier to capture because they're inherently less aggressive um, and more friendly. Okay. And the But the males is what you wanted because they were angry and wild. Right. Um, so that's Good what you for wanted war. for war. The females would run away. So they bring a female elephant onto this circle, this little island, and then the elef- the female would call, and the male elephant would be drawn in by the scent and the sound. It would walk across the little bridge that they built, and then once it was across the bridge, they would lift the bridge, and so then you've got this male elephant trapped on like this dirt island with a moat around it. Can't leave. So that's how they mm-hmm. trap them. Um, and then they would train them. And apparently, elephants are incredibly intelligent and incredibly easy to, like, they're really great animals to train because, yeah, yeah, they understand and they will kind of pick up on things. Um, so they would start, they started training these elephants uh, for war. Problem was they were still wild, so... If they got panicked or scared in the middle of a fight, things could go really wrong. So they had to train them around mm-hmm. that, too. But uh, let's enter into wartime. So there'd be a driver called... I don't know how to pronounce this. Once again, I forgot to look it up, the pronunciation. It's M-A-H-O-U-T. In my head, I was saying Mahout or Mahout. Ma- sure, we'll go with go Mahout. With Okay, so the sure. Mahout was the driver. If there's any elephant or war elephant experts and I get any of this stuff wrong, just shoot us a message. <laughs> uh, and so what they would do is they would put they would sit on the top of the elephant and then they would put pressure behind the elephant's ear with their toe, and that would be how they like drove the elephant, which is kind of interesting. And then this is a little darker, but they also had a sword or like a chisel, some type of weapon to that they could use to kill the elephant if the elephant got spooked and started to lose control. Uh, oh, wow. That's, that's, uh, that escalates yeah, quickly. Because, well, you'll see here soon. Um, we're going to enter into war season, and there's quite a few stories through the ages of war elephants, and they're all really cool. So they're used in kind of small-time local warfare for a while, but the first... Big, uh, the first big war that is documented that used war elephants is in, uh, it's the Battle of Mesopotamia. And this is in 331 BC. It's in October. Fun fact. Uh, and so they're fighting around Guacamala. Um, which is northern Iraq in today's time. It's a perfect mix of oh, Guatemala like and guacamole. <laughs> that's, that's, I was like, are you, I'm sure you mean guacamole. <laughs> guacamole, or guac, sorry, guacamela, maybe. Once again, there's okay. going to be a lot of weird spellings <laughs> in here because it's from older times. Okay. Okay, so this fight, I want to get into it because war elephants are awesome, and I'm only doing this topic because they're cool. <laughs> 
Uh, this fight is against Alexander the Great. He's the big dog at the time, right? Everybody's scared of Alexander uh-huh. the Great. Um, and he decides to go up against the Persian leader, Darius the Third. So Alexander the Great is invading Persia. Darius the Third is saying, oh, uh-uh, I'm fighting you. So he brings 200,000 th- 200, troops to the fight, right? So Alexander the Great shows up, and he has a massive army, way more, I don't know the exact number, but way more than Darius III has got. So they're there, they're facing off. Alexander goes, we've got this in the bag. And then Darius III says, but wait just one second. Over the hilltop marches 15 war elephants. And on top of those, they've got saddles, and they've got the Mahout driving them. And then behind the Mahout, they've got guys, they've got archers and people throwing javelins. And they're just there ready for war. Uh, And Alexander's army was terrified. Because just picture this for a second. You're in like the most successful army at the time. There's a ton of you there. And you're facing off against these other guys who also have a huge army. And then over... Over the hill, you see 15, 20 elephants, which is an animal you'd never seen before. Huge tusked things, like three times the size of a bear. And, like, could you imagine how scary that would be? Yeah. What is that? It's like kind of an Avenger situation to me. I would have been like, whoa, enter the war elephants. (laughs) Uh, That story's kind of anticlimactic, though, because. Alexander had so many troops that he won anyway. (laughs) But it was cool. It was so cool. And it even said that they were terrified. But I mentioned that story first off because it's the big first battle where they show up. And this is the moment where the Western world is awakened to elephants and how elephants can be used. So Alexander wins that fight. He pushes on to... (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go with Punjab, India. P-U-N-J-A-B. The J could be like a kh sound. Punjab. I feel like I've heard Punjab. Punjab? That sounds good. I don't know. I just, Let's go with Punjab. I feel like I have. If not, oh well. Okay, we're going to go with Punjab. How's that? Okay, okay. So, Alexander shows up with his massive army to Punjab, where he meets King Porus. Um... And uh, King Porus says, no, we got to stop this guy. He brings his army to the, we're going to go with Hydaspis River. Um, And so they face off like in this river. And this battle is famous for the river running red because of how gruesome the battle was. But Alexander shows up with his army. King Porus shows up with his army. Over the hill marches 100 to 200 war elephants. Oh, my. Can you imagine just an army of elephants marching towards you? That's a lot of elephants. This is why this topic's cool. People should vote for me because this is cool. War elephants are cool things. <laughs> um, once again, they've got archers on the back. They've got people with javelins standing on their backs ready to just throw down. But Alexander... He knew what elephants were now, so he had kind of prepared a little bit of a battle plan. So he wins that one, too. 
uh, he sends all of his javelin throwers, which apparently at the time was a big part of armies, was these javelin throwers. Yeah, sounds um, like So it. he sends all of those. He says, do nothing but attack the elephants. And uh, King Porus didn't have his elephants trained to handle that. So Alexander, they're throwing javelins at the elephants. Elephants are incredibly durable. They're considered like the tanks of the time. Like that's the level that they were just unstoppable, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. not unfrightenable, frightable, frightenable. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they're getting javelined left and right. The elephants freak out and they end up trampling the Indian army. They lose control of all of their elephants and the elephants basically win the war for Alexander. Um, so at the end of that fight, Alexander the Great gets about 80 elephants, which he puts in his army. and He starts using them. That's kind of cool. Um, and then when he passes away, his uh, whole kingdom is kind of divided and the elephants go with it. So there's this weird like passing of the elef- passing of the war elephants from place to place. Yeah. <laughs> so when Alexander dies, Syria ends up with the elephants, um, and then Egypt attacks Syria, and Egypt is able to win those elephants. And so then they have the elephants, some of them, and then rebels also rise up against Syria. They attack Syria. They also get some of the elephants. So at this point. Elephants are kind of being wide, being used widespread. Mm-hmm. Um, until now we get to Rome. So Rome is rising, and this is a big deal. And someone says, hey, Rome is taking over everywhere. Let's use elephants against Rome. So uh, this is, now we're down to about 280 B.C., and we're at what's called the Pyrrhic Wars, or Pyrrhic. We could go either way, but I'm going to go with Pyrrhic. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with Pyrrhic. Um, because the head poncho, Pyrrhus of Epirus, he decides okay. he's going to step in and he's going to help the Greeks. Because the Rome has just taken over the Greeks. And he's saying, enough is enough. And this is my favorite elephant that my favorite war elephant story because it's called the battle of heraclea heraclea the battle of heraclea great (laughs) what happens was pyrus says we're gonna get our army we're gonna load up on rafts and boats and ships we're gonna sail across the adriatic sea and we're gonna take the fight to rome at the south end of the Italian boat. Can you picture what I'm talking about geographically? I think so. So you've got Italy, you've got the big boot at the bottom. They say, we're going to sail across and attack the bottom of that. But then they said, but wars are not cool anymore unless you have war (laughs) elephants. So they managed to... There's, I, I read a couple different conflicting sources on how they managed to do this, but one way or another, they managed to get a ton of war elephants onto rafts then they covered up these rafts and they sailed across the sea and so they're face now they're facing the roman army on the romans are the roman army's turf 
And as you can picture from history, the Roman army is massive and they're very well established. So they're standing there. They've got their cavalry and everything lined up. They're going, this is going to be a piece of cake because we're awesome and the Greeks aren't. But then they land on the shore. They unload their whole army. Romans say, yeah, they got nothing on us. And then out marches, after sailing across the sea, a ton of war elephants. And it says there's multiple accounts of the Roman army just, like, running in terror. Because they had never seen elephants either. They had no idea what they were. And here they are, like, marching off of these ships onto their shore to fight. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, you don't know if it's like some weird technology or if they can sprint really fast or if they yeah. can jump on They're top of so you. They're so cool. And uh, so the Greeks won that battle because um, the Romans also put a ton of effort into their cavalry. And when the elephants land, the horses were so scared that all of those men couldn't even get close to the fight if they wanted to because the horses were so scared of the elephants that they just... They wow. like the whole army just scattered and the Greeks won. It was a long battle and there were a lot of losses on both sides, but it was a huge, really cool story of like an underdog fight that was won because war elephants just showed up and were scary. Yeah. Um, but Rome oh, wow. was famous for adapting and coming up with new war strategies. So a year later, we get to the battle of uh, a schoolum. We're going to go with a schoolum. Um, okay. And this is also Pyrus. He's the same guy. He's like, let's capitalize on this. He's got. So he, yeah, he breaks. He says, I've out. got 20 elephants. Um, we're going to show up and we're going to just take these guys down. Um, so they take the fight to a different part of Rome. And, uh, But Rome says, no, no, no. We know about your giant, creepy, gray beast, and we're ready for him. So they come (laughs) with 300 anti-elephant devices. And those ranged from, like, fire pots, which were, like, fireball missiles of the... um, Is that, like, the thing in The Hobbit where they throw at the dragon? I think so. So... It's like a little mini grenade thing. The article I read said... They brought fire pots and then just moved on. And I was like, well, what's that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Talk more about that. So I Googled fire pots, and uh, the best thing I could find was that they were just kind of used as missiles and that they were also a way to, like, transport fire. So my best oh. guess is that they were these pots holding fire that they would, like, oh. launch oh. at the other That's army, and then okay. fire would explode, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, and then okay. Rome also brought ox-drawn chariots that had, like, spikes lining the sides. This is why this is such a cool topic, because these wars are so cool. You've got, like, huge elephants with big, massive armor on one side. And then on the other side, you've got, like, chariots flying around with spikes at the end. This is, like, good ingredients for... An awesome movie. Yeah, 100%. Salad. Um, And the Greeks won that again, but the Greeks barely won that one. Uh, And by this point, Rome figures out kind of how to stop these elephants, and Pyrrhus kind of runs out of steam fighting them. 
Because, um, again, the Roman army was just too massive to be able to plow through all of it. Um, okay, so we're looking at about 60 years later. We're here now at the Second Punic War. And this is kind of the last big moment. Um, there are quite a few war elephant stories, but I kind of just picked my favorites and tried to get a good yeah. timeline. Um, so yeah. at the Second okay. Punic War, this is actually the most famous elephant battle, um, which is funny because it's also the lamest. And it's like <laughs> hilariously lame. So this is General Hannibal. Okay. Do you know him? Okay. I, this, this is the one I've heard, I think. Yeah. So to summarize, he says, we're going to take our army. We're going to march over to northern Italy. We're going to take the fight to the Romans. He gets his whole army and 37 elephants. Uh, and so he marches. They start in Spain. They march through Gaul. And then they march over the Alps and into yeah, that's what northern heard. Italy. Yeah. yeah. So by the time they that's, got over the cool. Alps, they had like a, some of the elephants couldn't survive and they lost a lot of their army just because it was a really tough venture over. Yeah. And they finally get into northern Italy and they're met by the Roman army being led by, and I practice this one because it's funny. Okay. Publius Cornelius Scipio Africanus. <laughs> okay. Good old Publius. Publius Cornelius Scipio Africanus is waiting for them uh, in northern... That sounds like a scientific name for it something. It does. It's, yeah. What, what is it again? <laughs> Publius Cornelius Scipio Africanus. Yeah. So they get there and they say, we're bringing the fight to them. And they charge. And elephants are actually really good at charging because, again, they're unstoppable. And they can actually... Yeah. I don't, I don't know how fast they can run, but for that, from what I've read, they can actually get cruising pretty fast. Yeah. Um, well, they've got so much mass. Yeah. Like if they, they plow into something, it's gone. Yeah. Well, but that's what... Uh, that's what good old Scipio realized. He realized that those elephants were so big and had so much momentum. So instead of doing what the Romans did in the past, tried to fight the elephants, Scipio told his whole army, hey, when an elephant's running at you, just step out of the way. Because <laughs> they're so big and they have so much momentum that it's really hard for elephants to change course quickly. So it yeah. was like a you know, the red the red flag with the bulls. Yeah, yeah. Like the matadors. Yeah. yeah. It was just like that. They were like, just wait for the elephant to run at you and then just jump out of the way. They'll keep running because they then can't stop in going. time and you can just keep and fighting. Then you run past it. Yeah. So they just like skip to the elephants they were like they're not even a part of this fight just keep fighting <laughs> the actual people um and so they got destroyed from what i've read it was a pretty decisive fight um and the mm. uh yeah hannibal didn't stand much of a chance especially after going through the alps yeah after all that he just gets spanked yeah but man aren't war elephants cool yeah i'm upset that i didn't think about this because <laughs> that's really it cool. just popped into my head randomly like wait war elephants come on <laughs> that's awesome that was a thing <laughs> <laughs> um okay so after it kind of died down 
Um, and a lot of that was because of ivory dealers, and a lot of another big part of that is because oh. as they became more main use, people just figured out how to get around them. Step aside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were used. Like Julius Caesar used them. He was known for using them. Um, they were used hmm. in World War One to move heavy artillery around. They were used in okay. World War Two. The Japanese used them to carry really? supplies deep into jungles, um, and the British used them to help build runways and roads um, to mobilize. In, in World War Two. In World War Two, yeah. And then wow. in the Vietnam War, uh, they were also used. The Vietnamese used them to transport supplies, um, and uh, today, actually. Various the the big people the big names aren't really using elephants so much anymore, but because <laughs> that's just not really you've got like uh, guided missiles. <laughs> yeah, and all that. Uh, <laughs> if we were like going to war with someone and they were like out running the out in elephants, <laughs> I think that would just be hilarious. <laughs> I don't. That would just that would just, uh, that would just not work out. Um, but various rebel groups are still using them. Like smaller rebel groups yeah. trying to overthrow their government are still using these oh, war okay. elephants. So wow. they're not wow. completely gone. Um, okay, two more things and I'll be done. I wanted to touch on like how they're used. You can kind of guess because they're just so cool. You don't even have to explain them. But mm. uh, they were used to move equipment and still are. Um, they were also able to charge really fast, which was big. So they would walk them up to the front line of these armies and then just charge the other army and just like mm-hmm. tr- totally just trample the army. Um, they were also pretty much used as tanks, like I said earlier, because they were they have really, really thick skin and hmm. they're just like incredibly hard to actually take down. Um, so they were kind of just this fast, huge, unstoppable force that just ran around stampeding. Um, they could also, they would also pick up soldiers with their tusks and just like throw them around, which is, were they like, or not with their tusks, sorry, with their, their, uh, you know, their snout, their trunk, their trunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's the word. Were they trained to do that? Yeah. Yeah. They were trained to do all this stuff to trample and pick guys up and just throw them wow just crazy that's absurd yeah and then okay this part is actually kind of lord of the rings-esque um they had something called how does how does we're gonna go with howdies because that's funnier um they had these howdies which are these saddles that had big canopies on top of them. So it's like kind of this closed-in room almost. Yeah, and they yeah, would yeah. Those canopies would house uh, archers and javelin throwers. And so they'd just be up there, like, taking people down. And since nobody could take the elephants down, they were actually pretty safe up there. Yeah. Oh. Um, That's pretty interesting. Ooh, yeah. Two more cool things. One... Sometimes they would build towers on top of them that would come down on both sides of the elephant too, and they would it would be like mobile castles. Like they would use that as castle walls to be safe behind, 
And so, mm, like, they just... That's not real. That can't be they real. They just ran around <laughs> like giant towers. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. That is Lord of the rings S. Yeah. Okay, last one. To really solidify uh, how cool war elephants are, they would give them huge, thick armor, like especially around their legs, because that was their most vulnerable place. Right. That's the stat... The highest probability of stab yeah stabbings yeah so especially because the romans were known to send in whole crews of men with and their only goal was just to like hack at elephants feet and try to take them down that way Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but okay so picture they're armored up all the way up and down their whole body on top they've got this saddle with a canopy or a tower with people throwing, like shooting bow and arrow off of and throwing javelin. And then on these huge tusks, they would put giant spikes on their tusks. And then those elephants, because there were not many, but a few elephant on elephant wars where both sides had elephants. Oh. And the elephants would oh. just go at each other with spiked tusks and just fight each other. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Do you know what those do you know what those spikes were made out of? Uh was it I like I have no idea. I would imagine yeah. similar I don't know. I would guess like sort like metal material. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy though? That's that's really strange. I that doesn't sound real. <laughs> yeah, it sounds totally fake. Picture seeing that whole get up after having never ever seen an elephant before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's marching down on you and it's like <laughs> holy i can't even get over how cool i'm like i'm gonna be laying awake once i stop <laughs> thinking about salads i'm just gonna be laying awake tonight thinking about how cool war elephants are you're like salads suck war <laughs> elephants are awesome so cool <laughs> nobody likes salad anymore <laughs> <laughs> um okay then last Last thing, and then I'll be done. Um, They did discover some weaknesses, and these are all kind of sad, but really interesting. Mm -hmm. So they realized that they didn't like fire, so they would... (laughs) The first thing I read is that they would put a bunch of straw on camels' backs, and they would light the straw on fire, and then the, the camels who were on fire would just charge the elephants, and it would spook the elephants into trampling its own army. Oh. Um, yeah, so kind of a sad use of camels, but that was one <laughs> way they found to get around the, arm, the army of uh, elephants. Wait. Another thing that was similar, they realized that... <laughs> this is also sad. They realized that pig uh, squeals, for whatever reason, totally spooks elephants. Like, the noise freaks them out. So, they would oil up pigs and then light them on fire and then send the pigs charging the elephants. And And those are going to be squeaking, of course. Yeah. Squealing. Yeah. And so then those would also scare the elephants into running away or taking out its own people. Um, And then again, the... uh, What was the name of them again? The Maudhas or something? The, uh, the Mahouts would have to put those elephants down to stop them from taking out their own army. Oh, so they take them out themselves. 
Yeah. So you just you just send a burning pig out, some pre bacon out, and then they do the the rest themselves. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then people also realize that if you can take out the mahouts, the drivers, then the elephants are pretty worthless because there's not really anyone aiming them anymore. They would just hang out or run away. Um, or they wouldn't know who soldier, like what, who was good, who was bad. Yeah. Um, so they would all, they would often go for those drivers. Um, and then the foot pads are the weakest part of an elephant. Mm -hmm. So they would throw out things onto the ground everywhere. Oh, okay. Um, and then the last one, this one's kind of funny. Since elephants were so known to pick up soldiers and throw them, they would send specific soldiers with armor that's designed to damage the elephant's trunk to go at the oh. elephant. So then the elephant would pick it up with the trunk, throw it, and then that would da uh, damage the elephant's trunk. So they'd wear like a layer of bubble wrap and then a layer of spikes <laughs> outside of that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> So there were some weaknesses, but most of the time, uh, elephant war elephants were just really, really cool yeah. and just like awesome things. Yeah. And they turned the tide of many battles. There were quite a few battles, mm. even that I didn't mention, that are famous for being won because of the presence of elephants. Hmm. So there you have it, man. War elephants. Wow. It just, even just the the name, war <laughs> elephant. It's just like two words that when, when they you join them together, it just becomes really like, cool. Sounding. It's just like, ooh, that's a cool thing to <laughs> ooh, say. Ooh, that is cool. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Man, okay, so, so one, of, one of us did a cool topic. One of us did a topic that makes people get really angry. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. That's why that when you started saying your topic, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the most random episode ever. Elephants versus salad. <laughs> <laughs> Who will win this epic showdown? So that's all I have. Okay. Man, I <laughs> I wanna like read a book about war elephants now. You're like piquing my interest. I want to like sure. look up some pictures and do they do they wear like I guess you said they had armor around their ankles and feet and then sometimes spikes on their tusks maybe a little house on top like yeah just a little house <laughs> yeah um yeah they were they were typically pretty armored up and it looks like they were I'm looking at pictures now. They were they looked really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, they're just they're just crazy looking. Um, and there were so there were three main types of elephants. One was uh, the uh, I can't remember geographically the. The bigger one was in northern Africa, and those were used a lot for a while, but they're mm -hmm. actually pretty much extinct, that species. Oh. Um, hmm. Or subspecies. Yeah. But they were, they were big. They were like 
13, 14 feet tall. And did, did that's they, just like their height. Did they go extinct because... You said they're all the way extinct or not, or almost? I think they're close. I don't okay. think they're all like was that listed from, as extinct. Was that from the wars, do you think? Or do you know? My guess is it's some of that, but mostly... Uh, Ivory, ivory, yeah. ivory dealers okay. yeah. hunting them and taking their tusks. Um, but those they were really big. So you'd you'd either have like some of those huge ones or a ton of the smaller eight to twelve foot ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I didn't write this down, so I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the big ones were, their scientific name is like Elephus Maximus, <laughs> and I thought that was cool. <laughs> I want to see like a video game where you're just like a war elephant. Oh, yeah. Just at war, or you're riding one. I bet that seems like something Call of Duty is going to do in the future. I think if they, so. If they haven't already. Once they get a hold of this episode, they're for <laughs> sure going to do it. Yeah, if you know anyone you who works up, there, send this episode to them. Yeah, 100%. Here's an example of elephant armor that's in a museum. I don't know who used this. Oh, it looks like it's kind of leather and it's got like war paint on it, like cool yeah. designs. It's really cool looking. This doesn't have any of like the spikes or anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there you go. War elephants. That is really cool. I am okay. a big fan. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I don't even want to like try to persuade people to vote for me. Do it. Uh, you you know it. what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Food has been classified one way or the other for too long. Mm. And like you said, it's gotten a little out of control. Like what's a salad, what's not? (laughs) And so I think this just opens up the discussion to what should be considered a salad and what shouldn't. And hopefully we can get some good, healthy dialogue going. (laughs) And we can finally come up with a definition. (laughs) You went like the activist route. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and uh, I would, I would try to convince you to vote for me, but uh, all I have is two words. I knew it. I knew you were gonna say those two words. War, elephant. Okay, that's all. That's all you need to know. (laughs) That's all it's gonna take. Okay, (laughs) this. All right, so speaking of winning and losing, we've decided on punishment for this week. Yep. And I, <laughs> I'm i ready. I'm ready for it. Uh, the punishment for this episode is the loser has to knit a scarf for the winner. <laughs> so whoever gets the least amount of votes has to knit a scarf for the other person. It's just and, so uh, neither, random. <laughs> neither of us know how to knit. So, <laughs> or have any knitting supplies. So that'll be something to fix. Um, how do you want to? Sorry to get like so specific again with definitions, mm. but how long does it have to be to be considered a scarf? Uh, 
I don't know. Let me Google it. I don't. I don't know a ton. I used to be a scarf wearer back in the day. I'm gonna say. Like, can you just make it long enough to wrap around your neck? I'm looking up the average scarf length. Okay, the average scarf is approximately sixty inches. It says most what? short scarves are 55 <laughs> inches long. What? That's really long. And longer scarves are 82 inches. Okay, so you have to knit a five-foot scarf. <laughs> okay, and I this say, one's going to be one. Let's say minimum 50 inches. Okay, a 50-inch scarf. Yeah. Um, this, this is going to be one where we don't... We'll just give you like an update in the next episode. Because I don't... We're not going to have like a ending time limit on this. It'll just be a work in progress. Yep. Until it's until it's done. Could be a year. Until it's done. Could and be then, an episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. I like and, this uh, it's And it's the loser's pick about like what colors and what to put on it. Ooh, yeah. Or is that too much of a punishment for the winner too? Let's, uh, say, no. let's say it's got to be a nice scarf. You got to really try. You, you have to try. Yeah, okay. Um, All right. I, yeah, I think I know what I'd do um, fashion-wise for if I, <laughs> if I end up making you a scarf. I think I know what my okay. plan will be. Let's say, like, make a scarf that you would want to wear <laughs> if okay. you got back into scarf wearing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we'll make that a rule. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, All right. uh, tell them how to vote. Yeah, so you can go to any of our social media, which is... Uh, Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter, and that's all at Learn Podcast. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to the link below if you're an Apple Podcast, or if you're on mobile on Spotify. There's a we'll link below how to get to the poll, and then just vote real quick. And yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, last thing, as you'll hear in any other podcast, if you haven't left us a review yet, we would really appreciate it. Appreciate it if you did. Um, it helps us out a lot, and we find a whole lot of uh, entertainment in reading those. So, leave us yes, one. I, f- I find great joy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, sometimes I like to give out give out random things that I have at, at my house to people <laughs> who review. So uh, I think I'll do that next time. Yeah. So review now. I'm looking. Uh, you know what? That thing would be cool. Ooh. To give out. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you that thing. Or it's actually like, <laughs> it's a couple things. A couple things. Yes, and you won't know what it is until it shows up in the mail, which is also more yeah. fun. I've I've already given out a couple things. Yeah. And uh, still not going to say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go ahead and leave us okay. a review. Right now we're getting close to 50 ratings, which is awesome. So if you don't have time for yeah. a review... Uh, leave us a rating. That would that would be great. I think that's all I got. What about you? Awesome. That's all I got. Cool. Okay. Well, until next episode or on our social media at Learn Podcast, we'll uh, we'll catch y'all later. See you later. Play us out, Larry. <laughs>